little better. Good morning, Rabotai. Much better. I need your attention for about 12 minutes. That's it. I know it's Friday. Everybody's anxious. We had a good week in the yeshiva. We're learning good. We have a new initiative that I want to launch this morning. I want to thank Rabbi Biju for bringing it to our attention. You'll be seeing these uh, papers going around the yeshiva. Uh, you could click on the... What do you call that? The barcode. And uh, it'll automatically bring you to, I guess, a WhatsApp chat or some sort of video where every day one of the rabbis in the yeshiva is going to send out a video to all the students, one minute of inspiration on any topic. And everybody has a minute to spare and it's going to be good stuff. And you can send it around to all the other kids in the yeshiva. So again, before you leave, make sure you take it, scan the barcode, get it in your phone. I'll be participating. We're going to ask all the rabbis, the rebbitzes to participate as well. And it's really going to be something very, very motivational. Hazaku Baruch. Great, great job. <laughs> now, to the, uh, now to the main event. I came to make one point. And uh, gentlemen, ladies, it's an important point. I like to take these siha moments in order to teach you life lessons. And I'm a little older than you, so I know these lessons because I saw it with my own eyes. And you have an advantage to hear from somebody older than you, so you shouldn't make the same mistakes. I could teach you from experience. Everybody knows that Yaakov Abinu in this week's Pirasha has to leave. What happened? Well, last week he took the blessings. The blessings belonged to him. Esab, bad guy. Definitely does not deserve the blessings, but he was angry. And he wanted to kill Yaakov. So Yaakov has to run. Now really he was running not only away from Esav, but to start a family. Eventually he would go to Haran. He would find not one wife. He would find four wives. He would also end up having eventually 12 children. So Yaakov was beginning his family. And when you have a family, you also need to make parnasah. You have to support your family. Children have to eat. You have to give them food. You have to buy them clothes. You have to pay tuition. Until now, Yaakov did not have to worry about that. Yaakov was sitting in his father's house. He was being supported. He was learning. Now, all of a sudden, he had to become what we would call a family man. He needed to build Bet Yaakov. On the way there, he has a dream. You could call out now. Anybody know what he saw in the dream? Very good. He saw a ladder. Now Yaakov was not a fireman. So why is he dreaming about a ladder? Who knows how to say ladder in Hebrew? Gorgeous. Done. Sulam. <clears throat> There's a rabbi called Balaturim. The Balaturim likes to count the numerical calculations of words. So he said, let me calculate how much sulam equals. He spells it, Samich Vav Lamid Mem, Sulam. So he counts the Samich is 60, and the Vav is 6, and the Lamid is 30, and the Mem is 40, and he says Sulam equals 136. Now I know that number doesn't mean anything to you, but he found another word in Hebrew that equals 136, and that's the word for money. You know how you say money in Hebrew? Don't say kesef. Mamon. Very good, mamon. 
The numerical value of mamon is 136, mamon gematria sulam. Now can I ask our members a question? What does money have to do with the ladder? Well, let me give you a hint. What do you do with the ladder? You go up and you go down. What do we know about money? Wonderful. Girls, you're unbelievable. Panasa comes and goes. People sometimes are on the top of the Panasa ladder. They're rich. And other times they lose their money and all of a sudden they find themselves on the bottom. Just like a ladder is Olim de Yoredim, Sulam and Mamon are the same thing. I met people that went to sleep wealthy and when they woke up the next morning, they had lost everything. Money is something that is very, 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 very variable. It changes. But I would like to explain something else. Not only does a person's net worth change, but you learn in life, boys and girls, money has the ability to change the person. Money is a test. If a person has wealth, don't think it's necessarily a blessing. It all depends how you treat it and how you deal with it and how you negotiate with it. I mean to say, I met many people that made a lot of money, but they did it in a dishonest way. They cheated, they lied, they stole, they became very wealthy. But the money only brought out the worst character. They lived a life, a life of lie and deceit. So money is a test. I met other people that the money actually lifted them. They gave charity, they did chesed, they remained humble. They didn't become ostentatious, they didn't become braggadocious. They remained loyal to the service of Hashem. So money, sometimes like a ladder, is oleh, the person. And sometimes it's yored, the person. Money in itself is neutral. But depending on how the person uses it, that can lift them to the highest levels or could lower him to the lowest depths. Why would Yaakov now have a dream about money? Because Yaakov now is going to make money. For the first time in his life, he has to go make a living to support a family. So God is showing him the ladder. Yaakov, be careful. You might make a lot of money, but it might lift you or it might bring you down. The choice is yours. Now let's see if Yaakov passed the test. He goes to his father-in-law's house, Laban, and he starts to work. Boys and girls, Yaakov did not only make money, but he became wealthy. He became very rich. As the Pasuk says, ha'ish me'od me'od. Me'od is very. He didn't just become rich. He became super rich. But what did it do to Yaakov? At the end of the parasha, Laban and Yaakov have an interaction. And Laban has claims against Yaakov. Well, fathers-in-law usually have claims against their son-in-law. That's no hiddush. But Yaakov Abinu turns to Laban and says, Laban, I worked for you for 20 years. I woke up early in the morning. I stayed up late at night. I was loyal to you. 
I did not steal anything. I did not steal any time from you, nor did I take anything from you. I was honest and I was straight. Anytime there was a question, I gave you the advantage. And every time something was lost, I replaced it from my own. I worked in the cold, I worked in the heat. You know what Yaakov is telling Laban after 20 years? I made a lot of money, but I remained honest and loyal. The money didn't make me corrupt. I didn't get addicted to money where I couldn't have enough of it, so therefore I have to do anything in order to amass it. Yaakov is telling us, I had the dream of the Sulam, and you know where I ended up on the Sulam? On top. The money did not corrupt me, and that is a lesson of life. That one must be careful to remain honest and straight. Now let me tell you a story. And this story to me is so beautiful and amazing. There was a fellow, he had a big business. He was a multi-zillionaire. He had no children. He was getting old, and he needs now to give his business away. Who's he going to give it to? He has no children. So he called all his relatives. He has nephews, nieces, cousins. And he said, I want you to come to my office. A hundred of them show up. They have no idea what he wants. He says, my dear family, you know I ran this business. It's a multi-billion dollar business, very successful. But now I'm getting old. And it's time for me to give the business to somebody. I want to give the business to one of you. But I don't know who to choose. You're all good. You're all special. So we're going to have a contest. I have over here a hundred bags of seeds. Seeds that you plant. Everybody will take a bag. Everybody will plant the seeds. In six months, you will come back with the product. I will base your success on the product. And that's how I will know who I will choose to give my business to. So, they give out the hundred bags, everybody takes their seeds, and they start to plant, and trees are growing, and they're growing, and they have to add bigger planters because the tree's getting bigger, and everybody's all excited, and everybody's competing with each other. Who's going to make the biggest plant? Because they think whoever has the biggest one is going to get the job, is going get to get the business. There was one of the cousins that were in the meeting. He put the seeds in a, pla in a, in a planter. Nothing was growing. His wife tells him, what are you doing? Nothing's growing. All your friends, all your cousins, all your relatives, they have already big trees. Yours is nothing. And it doesn't want to grow. And he's watering it and he's fertilizing it. Nothing. His wife said, you're a loser. You, you, there's no way you're going to get this job. What should I do? It doesn't work. But how come everybody else is succeeding? What should I tell you? Six months later, the man says, okay, come back to my office. hundred people come back. Each one comes in with a bigger tree than the next. One guy has to have three guys carry the tree in. Another guy on a hand truck. Another one says, I couldn't even bring it in. Look out the window. Each one is bigger than the next. Now the man stands up and says, wow, very, very difficult. I didn't realize how complicated this is going to be. Who am I going to choose? Look at all these trees. But then he sees his cousin always sitting in the back row. He says, you, <coughs> Yaakov, where's your tree? And he starts to blush. And he takes a, a flower pot and all you see in it is dirt. He says, I gave you those seeds for six months. 
and in six months all you can produce is dirt? And all the other cousins are saying, hey, look at this guy, Yaakov, this guy, miskin, loser. What did he even show up to the meeting for? He wasn't able to produce nothing. He's not embarrassed. And Yaakov has his head down and saying, what a bushah. I'm the miskin of the group. Man looks around and says, I will have to make my decision now. I have made my decision. And actually, it was very easy. Very easy. Yaakov, you will take over my business. And everybody said, what? He's the least qualified. He's the least industrious. He's the least capable. He produced nothing. He'll run your business into the ground. And the uncle gets up and says, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you a secret now. You know those seeds that I gave you? Before I gave you the seeds, I took them and I boiled them in scalding hot water. When you boil seeds in water, they won't produce anything, they won't grow. These seeds that I gave you were not able to produce anything. So how do you get those trees? You cheated. You took my seeds and you threw them out and you replaced them with your own seeds. You're all cheaters and liars. Yaakov is the only one that was honest. If it didn't produce, it's because the seeds were unable to produce. He's the only honest one amongst you. He will take over my business. I don't want my business being run by liars and people that are looking for shortcuts and trying to cut corners. The one that was honest, that came back with nothing, is because that's what he was given. He's emit. And that's a lesson that I say to us today. If you're a teacher in the yeshiva, honesty means that we come on time. Honesty means that if the period is 38 minutes, we teach for 38 minutes. Baruch Hashem, our teachers in Mag and David, they work not 60 minute hours, they work 65 minute hours. Our teachers, Baruch Hashem, don't only work when they have school. They work before the bell rings, after the bell rings, before yeshiva starts and after yeshiva starts. Take a lesson from the loyal teachers that we have in the yeshiva. They're emet, but the students as well. Your parents are paying a lot of tuition. I won't go into that now if it's overpaying or underpaying. My opinion is the way our yeshiva is today, they're probably underpaying. You're probably getting a discount because you're getting the best education that's available in our community. But nonetheless, your parents are paying a lot of money. And if children come to the yeshiva, I'm glad to say I don't think we have too many kids that are cutting classes anymore. I've asked so many kids, boys and girls, tell me what you love about the yeshiva. And they tell me three, four things. Tell me what you hate about the yeshiva. We can't cut class anymore. Which, as an administrator, that's a good thing. But boys and girls, if you really want to be honest and emet, your parents are paying so much money, take advantage of it. And taking advantage is not only to be present in the classroom, but a body, but your mind has to be present as well. You're only going to do this for four years. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. Absorb the lessons of your teachers, both in Judaic and both in secular. Study it correctly. Take notes, like I see some of the girls and boys take notes in the shiurim. Absorb it. Study it. Let it make an imprint on your brains. But God forbid, if you neglect your education, you're not only considered 
delinquent, but you're considered dishonest. Because you're taking your parents' money and you're wasting it. And they're not getting the proper value. And that's the lesson we learned from Yaakov. Finish the Pasuk. Titen emet le Yaakov. Chesed le Abraham. Abraham is Chesed. But Yaakov represents emet. He's the honest one. And the money did not change him. It only made him better. He only remained loyal to the principles of truth and integrity. Titen emet le Yaakov. And that is my message to the yeshiva today. I hope all of you will be very successful monetarily in life. But I hope also that after you succeed and have been achan prosperity, you'll find yourself on top of the ladder. The money will not change you and bring you down and become degenerate. On the contrary, vehayita rak lemala. Shabbat shalom v'mevorah. Great. Yeah, that's good. Ladies, boys, bring it down there.